Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, a podcast that steps into alternative education, parenting, and living a funner, fuller family life. I'm Robin, home educator, unschooling mom to two funny, eclectic kids, and we're here to create a space for families to listen, connect, learn from others, and be inspired. Join us every two weeks to hear interviews and tips from experts in learning, education, and parenting, and stories from families that are playing full out in the arena of life and education. World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids. I'm Robin Robertson, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast, and I'm also an unschooling mom to two kids who are now teenagers. Did you know that until the end of September, every level in my private community on Patreon receives all access to everything there? So that means that for as low as $4, you can get my game schooling guide, my Home Educating with Purpose workbook, my son's self-designed scientific animal journal that he's used and adapted for his personal research notes through the years, plus extra videos, you know, when I have insights and I record things and share and ask questions, early release episodes, some episodes that are never even released onto the podcast, and my monthly live Q&As that I host through Zoom at the end of every month. So if you're interested in accessing all of those benefits, remember every level has access to the end of September, then go to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. The link is also in my show notes as well as in my bio on Instagram and on my website and join the community, even if it's just for the month and you want to get that support for this new school year, you want to ask all those questions in a very private community or you want to connect with others, and or you're halfway through the year and you just need a little bit more inspiration, definitely head to my Patreon community and join us. We have some fantastic discussions, and I feel inspired after I walk away from them as well. So the other thing I want to do is I want to give a quick shout-out to a few patrons. I've been getting behind on my shout-out, so I want to make sure I make that happen. Thank you for being wonderful partners in this community and as well wonderful support to the community too. So thank you to Brittany Akiavati, to Carrie Stone, Erica Kesselman, to Logan, and to Natalie. There are more patrons I want to give a shout out to, but I want to uh, honor these ones today. And as well, they're also active members in the Clubhouse community too, as well as, or they send in wonderful questions for the Q&A, and I truly appreciate uh, their questions and feedback and, and comments as well that they share in the community. So shout out, and there's more shout outs to come. And thank you, most of all. So this summer of 2022 has been packed with goodness, such great guests and interviews. I've been so grateful and honored. And I really want to, you know, as coming into these new school, this new school year, I really wanted to share ideas and options and resources that many reach out to me for to ask. And I've been a bit specific this summer, focusing on learning in the way of learning styles or on literacy and math. And that's continuous, continuing as well. I've had wonderful sponsors like Kindred Bravely, Mel Science, and Night Zookeeper that, you know, 
ones like Night Zookeeper and Mel Science are actually resources that my daughter has used and she's really loved. And so what we've been doing, we've been reaching out to companies that we've used or resources that we've used to see if they want to help support the show in the community. And some have, like Mel Science and Night Zookeeper. Kindred Bravely is not a resource, but it's for moms, which is fantastic, which is still a support to homeschooling and unschooling parents. So I've been, you know, after I reached out, some have said yes and said, yes, we want to support the show too in the community. So if I mention a sponsor, please check them out, like Mel Science, like Kindred Bravery, Bravely, like Night Zookeeper. And usually there's a link in my show notes or on social media. And what happens is, is when you go to that link and tap on that link and and um, check them out, then it also shows that it's coming from my show and it helps to support the show in that way as well. So I encourage you to do that and to check out those wonderful resources that they offer too, or just good things for a mom and a parent. I think one of my most fa- my most favorite pants um, are from Kindred Bravely. <laughs> They're fantastic. I'll have to show a picture of them in my Instagram and Facebook just so you get an example they're my favorite. Um, yeah, fantastic. So check out the links. And as it is right now, I know there's a few um, sales or limited offers that are still available through the links, like Nike Zookeeper, 50, 50% off of a year subscription, for example. Mel Science has three months for free out of the year, uh, things like that. So definitely check that out. Now for this episode, you know, I've been focusing a lot on literacy and different methods of literacy as well this summer. This episode is on literacy, but specifically phonics and a phonics resource. So I know there's some of you have heard that have messaged me or emailed and and have asked for me to suggest or to talk about a specific program or, for example, a way to use phonics in your homeschooling or learning life. That's something that you're looking for. And if you are part of my newsletter, if you're on my email list, or if you've been following me for a while, you'll probably know that early on my kids, we used a phonics program. My kids were in school. That school had a phonics program. And then I continued to use it for the first year of our homeschool. And although this is this interview is not about that phonics program, it is a program that's similar to that one because it's not a straight workbook curriculum style. That's not what would work for my kids. And for the style of learning for the whole child that I support and talk about, I, I wanted something that really reflects that. And this program, it incorporates, and the, like the program we use, it incorporates the senses like sound, touch, movement, actions, and it's ideal for homeschoolers as well. And and why it's also ideal is that the creator of this program actually ended up having to use it for herself because she suffered from a severe stroke and she had to relearn everything. And one of the things that she had to relearn was how to read again, what the sounds, what those letters were, the sounds that they make. And Essentially, this is how she learned to read all over again. And this interview was with her daughter-in-law, Karina Powers, who is also who works with the founder, who's the actually the amazing CEO of Phonics in Motion. That's the program that we're talking about. And um, you could probably recognize Phonics in Motion from our How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler Summit because Phonics Emotion was one of our wonderful sponsors for that summit. So in this episode, 
Karina and I talk about the program and how it supports diverse learners, how they really look to supporting the parent. It's about supporting the parent and the child. It's not about like the teacher above, um, how it's self-paced, how you can do what you, you know, you don't have to rush through it within a certain year. You can adapt it with your child. It's fun. It's action-oriented as well. So the links are in the show notes. Enjoy. Ask me any questions that you have. And yeah, enjoy the episode and we'll be back again soon. All right. I have Karina Powers joining me today. Karina, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to come on, honey, I'm homeschooling the kids. Thank you, Robin. I am so, so excited to be here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Me too. Me too. So Karina Powers is a mother. She's also the CEO and co-owner of Phonics in Motion. And Karina and I actually were originally connected through Kelly Edwards of the 90-Minute School Day. And she was introduced to me as well because Karina was also, Phonics in Motion was a wonderful sponsor for our summit how to be an awesome homeschooler, which we are very grateful for as well. So I'm excited to have Karina here today so that we get a chance to talk more about what you do and have created and how you support the homeschooling community, the schooling community, and any parents that are looking to help support and build a love of learning with their kids and honoring their individual child as well. So maybe we can begin with um, your role within Phonics in Motion. If any, if anyone is listening and they're not familiar with what Phonics in Motion exactly is, how did you and Phonics in Motion come together or how was Phonics in Motion created? If you can give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'll get started by giving a high-level overview of what Phonics in Motion is so that our listeners can kind of envision what this method of teaching kids how to read and write looks and feels like. Um, we really teach educators, and that may be a professional classroom teacher or a homeschool parent or a parent with um, kiddos in school or even a grandparent. So any adult that wants to take um, a very engaged personal role in a child's learning process, we teach the adult how to teach reading and writing in a very connected relationship focused way that leverages motion. So if you imagine um, the polar opposite of recognizing a need for learning and finding that magic app, right? That digital solution that we want to count on. If you imagine the polar opposite of that and envision just the most connected way to teach that ultimately should feel like quality time between an adult and a child, typically a teacher or a parent and a kiddo, leveraging motion. How do we do that? So in our language, there are phonemes, which are the smallest sounds that make up our language. For example, in the word cat, there are three phonemes, k, a, and t. And we have a unique motion for each of those itty bitty sounds. And the motions give kids a ton of information about how to articulate and say the sound correctly. So they're not sign language um, or concept based like other programs 
that are kind of similar to ours, but still really different, have great motions. But usually, for example, a uh, alligator, the motion would be jaws closing like an alligator's jaws. And that is a concept. Ours are just direct representations of the sound so that you can feel the sound. And that's how we teach kiddos with cochlear implants who can't hear how to not rely on sign language, but how to be fluent verbal speakers. It's also how we teach children that are learning English as a second language, how to pronounce sounds correctly in the English language that might be really different than they are in their native language. So you you start using motions for sounds. And I was actually camping this past weekend, Robin, as we discussed before we started the podcast. And we were sitting around the campfire and I was talking to a mom and her four-year-old is confusing um, R and L and and also K was hard for him too. So I just showed her those three simple motions for those three sounds. And I said, look, when you're just going about your day, use this motion, ruh, 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 when he's trying to produce that sound and he'll be able to quickly isolate it and hear it. And it will become easier for him because he can see the sound. You can't see sounds, but with phonics in motion, you can. And so those motions are really the basis of the program. And it starts around the preschool age all the way through the third grade age. And everything builds on leveraging those motions for the sounds. Because ultimately, in order to make spelling choices and writing choices, it all starts with, what do I hear? And then how do I get what I hear down on paper? Or when I'm reading, I see letters. What sounds do those letters make in order to read and understand and comprehend um, the messages that we're reading? So that's phonics in motion in a nutshell. Um, (laughs) Long-winded answer, but I think you had also asked how I got started with this. And um, I spent the first... 10, 15 years of my career in the corporate world um, and always in sales and marketing roles. I worked at a SaaS company and then a digital marketing agency. And then I met my husband, Josh, and I flew out to Ohio on a family trip to visit his family. Um, His family trip. (laughs) What? His family trip. He flew out to His family, yeah. Visiting his family and you know, typical boy, I guess. Um, He knew his mom like created phonics in motion, but he had no clue what that actually meant and hadn't really been super interested. Right. (laughs) But me being a typical female, I'm like, I want to know what my mother-in-law does. So she invited me to go to a classroom with her. And when we walked in, Robin, there were 30 something kids tracing letters on Chromebooks or iPads, wearing headphones, totally disengaged, not communicating with any of their classmates. Teacher was sitting at his desk, probably using that time to grade. And and it was just, it was remarkable what happened next. Terry walked in the room and I kid you not, all 30 kids cast aside their Chromebooks and peeled off their headphones and jumped up. And all of a sudden they're doing these motions, chanting, moving their bodies, burning energy, engaging with each other, laughing. 
And at the end of the routine, they were begging for more, like literally (laughs) more, more. And I've number one, never seen, it's very rare that a child like ditches a device. Um, And number two, to, to see them not feel like it's this sort of challenging energy intensive concentration intensive learning experience with fear-based emotions and worksheets and drills and Mm. all of that it was the polar opposite of that so ditching advice plus that experience I I thought to myself this is this is the way that kids deserve deserve to learn to read and write they kids deserve this experience and I didn't have that experience going to a public school in California growing up. In fact, I have some spelling challenges myself, and I often joke saying, I didn't have phonics in motion. <laughs> um, but to be honest with you, I I have never ditched as many school days in my life as I did in kindergarten. My mom would drop me off at school, and she'd go to work and I would walk right back home because, which was only three blocks away. (laughs) But I was, I was terrified. I was terrified of my teacher and I was terrified of being wrong. And I didn't, I, I just, it wasn't, it was not a good experience. And so I think that school experience, uh, my personal school experience paired with just seeing kids um, transform like I did in that one classroom was literally enough for me to say, I want to quit my job. I want to help you get, get this out to the world and, and give as many kids as we can the opportunity to learn in a way that allows them to be kids and in a way that allows them to move and use their bodies and to connect with language and connect with the experience and ultimately to hopefully develop a lifelong love of learning. And that's our mission because so many programs out there develop strong readers and writers. But we have a lot of conversations actually, even with homeschool families where they're using these programs that that are hard and, and sometimes just stressful and bringing in all those negative emotions. And we want to reduce that that learning burden for kiddos and make it make it fun as they build confidence and competence so that ultimately that critical learning experience of learning how to read and write and communicate is paired with positive memories and and the joy of learning so that as they go about their lives they are curious and they want to learn more and they want to grow and they want to absorb whatever it is that they can from their surroundings. And, and we really believe that the experience with learning to read and write is critical to developing that lifelong love of learning. So that's what we're up to at Phonics in Motion and, <laughs> and how it all started. Actually, how I got involved. How you got involved. Started. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, that is a really key thing. And that's something I talk about a lot on my podcast and distinguishing sometimes the difference between, um, you know, some the school learning in school 
and learning from home, especially like self-directed learning and unschooling. And I like, you know, more of what I call natural learning or um, even, you know, a hybrid of eclectic homeschooling, one that's not trying to replicate school at home Um, in the way that it's learning where it's empowering. Um, It's not fear-based where you don't feel like you are um, really just learning because you have no choice. You're not feeling like you're learning. You're not feeling invalidated while you learn. You're, you're feeling honored still and engaged and excited as well. Um, Because a lot of it does come from well, the school needs to meet these certain standards and expectations and check off these certain boxes. So within that frame, everybody within that, essentially that classroom or that grade or that level has to be contained within that and and pushed along towards that. So sometimes, and usually that doesn't honor the individual, right? Because it doesn't give space right. for it. So I'm thinking about your own personal experience that you shared, which was very, um, and I, I just want to like honor that, that you shared that too, because that's a pretty, um, that's a pretty big share really when you get down to the deep feeling of your five-year-old in kindergarten, your mom's going to work and dropping her out, you off at school, thinking that you're in the classroom and you were not, you turned around and you ran home at five on your own because you knew how uncomfortable you were and that you didn't want to be in that space. Right. So. Yeah. And it, it is, um, you know, personally and just digging deep and being a little bit vulnerable. I'm a little bit of a freak of nature in some ways in that I'm like so determined and so driven and, I, I bought my first house when I was 24 alone, just because something in me was like, this is a goal. You're going to figure out how to do it and you're going to do it. And I share that because that was me. I was like that as a Mm five-year-old, but that part of me was taken away Mm. because I was terrified. And I mean, I, that that sort of characteristic and who I am, all my friends, my family, they joke about it. They lovingly tease me about how I do one thing and then I'm on to the next thing. I've got to crush those goals. And to think back to what I became in those really um, critical years where you need nurturing and support and mm-hmm. it's such an injustice. And I mean, my... That teacher literally slammed my hand down on the desk one day because I had a new bracelet from this family vacation to Mexico. And my seat neighbor was like playing with it and pulling at it. And I told him not to, and that disrupted the class. And she just came and grabbed and slammed my hand down. And it's just like, I don't know, it's crazy. And that's, we as a company, um, want the best for kids and we want to change the way that learning experience regardless of where they're learning and that's why to be frank with you Robin I I know that the homeschool market is probably and will be and will always be our most profitable market because homeschool families care and they want something different they want better for their kids and they've already made that decision. And we know that about homeschool families, 
but we are not going to give up on the school market, even though it's a lot harder when it comes to sales. Mm-hmm. And why is it a lot harder, do you think? What's uh, just what you said. I mean, we the hoops that we have to go through as a business to be a phonics program that is recognized by the government and by states in order for schools to use federal funds. I mean, we are competing with absolutely massive businesses that have unlimited funds that will spend, spend, spend in order to get right where they need to be to make that sale completely possible. And we're a family-run business with a huge mission and we believe we believe different. We believe that learning materials and strategies should be designed with a child in mind, not mm-hmm. with state standards in mind. And so we design everything with the child experience and with the goal of reducing the learning burden because learning can be hard, especially if there are any learning challenges or disabilities or unique needs or gifted learners. I mean, every learner's needs are different. And in order to, in order for an educator in a classroom to truly support the needs of such a wide variety of learners, um, you cannot, we believe, we believe that you cannot use a scripted program. And what I mean by that is I'm opening the page, teacher, and today I'm doing this. This is what I'm reading. This is what we're writing. Tomorrow we're doing this. I'm developing this skill. This is what we're reading. This is what we're writing. All year long, you're following the scripted program. Phonics in Motion is not that. We offer all of the planning And we have a very thorough scope and sequence. So what to teach, when to teach, and how to teach it for the classroom teacher. Mm -hmm. But we leverage authentic language. There's no scripted program. And scripted as in the teacher or even the parent would be follow along on the sheet and say, okay, so today we are going to be doing this. And this sound is this because, or let's add it together. Okay. Now the next word to practice, like, is that what you mean by scripted? Exactly. And also passages. So reading passages and writing passages, whereas in phonics in motion, what are we going to write out about today? We're going to write about something that the kids experienced whatever, something that has happened today in the classroom, at home, at the park, at the beach. Because like you said early in the conversation, we want kids to be engaged and to take ownership of their learning. Yeah. And in order for that to happen, what they're reading about needs to be up to them. If they want to write about rainbows or cats, they should write about rainbows or cats because that's what they are interested in. Yes. Yep not whatever's on the page that day that may not be meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. So we everything we do is set up with with that in mind with the child's experience and how to engage them in their learning process, how to empower them, how to support them in taking ownership of their learning and how to give them strategies that they rely on. So we are not giving them a fish. We are teaching them how to fish so that when the parent isn't there, 
modeling a lesson or something new. The child, for example, in the Val House in um, with six, seven, and eight-year-olds where we're really teaching complex spelling patterns, they know, they have been taught to ask themselves, what do I hear? What's the motion for that sound? What window in the Val House does that sound live in? What are my options to spell that sound? They, they have learned that strategy and they rely on that strategy wherever they are. Going back to um, your question about school districts, not being a scripted program is really hard for us because um, most schools and, and administrators want a no-brainer, this is what we're doing today, tomorrow, the next day so that they can be sure that the teaching is happening across all classrooms. Right. It's uniform across all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. However. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a goal. Yeah. <laughs> but the, exactly. But the downside of that, as we've discussed, is you have a struggler who you turn that page and that struggler is left behind. Mm-hmm. You have an advanced learner who is bored out of his or her mind because they're three months ahead and they're bored out of their minds and both of those kids are losing. So we, we just don't believe in the scripted nature of a program. We believe that, and, and this is what we do is support the educator, whether it's a teacher or a parent in learning these multi-sensory routines that enable them to model, to show the learner how to do something new and how they think and how they get their thoughts down on paper. Model, model, demonstrate, demonstrate, and then gradually release the responsibility to the learner. Again, reducing that stress and negative emotions. We show them and then we release the responsibility And then you get to use phonics and motion materials that are all downloadable that we provide to for independent practice and to practice what has already been modeled. So we we teach the educator what to teach, how to teach it, when to teach it in a highly multi-sensory way that is so much fun. Um, And ultimately though, how to be a kid watcher how to observe and look for the needs of the learner and then how to make decisions based on what you see. And with phonics in motion, guess what? You can see a lot because it is so visual with emotions that you can literally see what kids are hearing. And all most the most spelling challenges are rooted in challenges related to hearing. So it's usually rooted in hearing the wrong sound. So if we can say, what are they hearing? Show me. And that's what we tell kids. What do you hear? Show me. And they perform the motions and literally show you what they hear. Then you can say, are they hearing the right sound and just spelling it incorrectly? If so, let's just move right to the vowel house and work on this spelling pattern. Or are they hearing the wrong sound? Are they confusing t and k? Oh my gosh, those sounds sound really familiar or really similar. Yeah. And if so, let's correct at the phonemic level, at the sound level before we move on to spelling. So it gives it gives the parent a ton of information about 
how to make decisions to really support the student, the kiddo, the child that is right in front of them because they can see it and gather all that real-time info. And that's what you mean by multi-sensory. So it is seeing it, it's hearing it. What else, how else would you describe multi-sensory when you're talking about multi-sensory? Oh gosh, seeing it, hearing it, feeling it. We, we engage all four areas of the brain that, um, in the right order too. So we talked about that we hear it first, right? So we are engaging auditory processing first and and you are moving and you are feeling the sound in the reading and writing monster routine, which is this fun, lovable character that teaches kids really foundational skills such as what's the name of the letter what does the letter say? What sound does it make? How do I write it with ease? So handwriting fluency is critical. And that has been dropped from state standards. Shockingly, um, handwriting is proven. You can see in brain imaging how active the brain becomes when handwriting. If you compare that to typing, it's it's remarkable. And if you think about reading and writing, you were talking about sounds and letters, and we have to understand, the goal is to understand the relationship between sounds and letters or sounds in the code. Um, and that's what we constantly do is link sounds to letters, constantly, 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 sounds, code, sounds, letters. And we make that connection for the brain in a multi-sensory way, as you mentioned. Okay. Okay. The big thing I hear as well, and, and when you're talking about the difference between trying to cater to schools, the institution of schools, and, and that standardization essentially as well is allowing a lot of flexibility too, is what I hear, that it does allow for flexibility. Right. And I know that, you know, taking it back to the home learning side, that you definitely are a believer that parents know their children best. And I know sometimes that's oh, a little bit different than um, the school idea of you're taking your child to, a, you know, quote unquote, expert who knows better than the parent kind of thing. Right. Um, right. So, so when we're, when we're looking at that, because I think right now we talked, I, you know, I told you that one of the things I get asked a lot about as a homeschooling parent, especially as an unschooling parent, is reading and writing and, and literacy, building that foundation um, and different, you know, and I'm, I'm a believer that you have to find what works for you. Like some parents Absolutely. want to, um, you know, it. I could be very dogmatic about it, essentially. And I could say, well, if you want to be a real unschooler, if you want to totally unschool, you look at it, have to let go of everything right now, drop it all. And, um, you know, you, you don't, don't bring any phonics, don't bring any, don't bring anything at all, just completely let it go. I also realize that we're human beings and, you know, the de-schooling process is also that sometimes we need to, you know, be comfortable. We need to feel safe. We also need to recognize that maybe instead of all or nothing, that we can have a blend or mix of things, that we can also recognize maybe a certain child needs something right now that another child doesn't need and being observant as well to our children and how we can support them. Um, maybe right. we have a child that really is saying like, I want to be independent and I want to read more. And that might be earlier than your other child. And right. how can you get, you know, my feeling is, you know, just 
be in that place where you're learning and processing and reflecting, you know, you're letting go, but also you're recognizing and observing your child and then finding the tools that support them well. Um, right. and, and so, so that can look like a program, a phonics program that could look like being engaged in a lot of auditory reading with your child that can look like a lot of conversation with them and meeting them and with their needs and being engaged with that as well. They're building that out within the environment as well. But I want, I thought what, you know, what's really interesting as well about phonics emotion that we haven't really talked about yet. And I think this gives good perspective on that. Um, bringing, is is how the experience of your mother-in-law and mm. why you know why this was actually developed as well like her own personal need in life <laughs> to yeah. relearn how to read essentially right I know. how I know. she got yeah. to the point where she was an adult who gone through all of those things she was an educator and then she no longer was able to do any of those things. And she had to relearn right. everything from the very beginner level and also what helped her in that. So maybe if you could share a little bit about that as well and how it's coming from the perspective of, okay, uh, even as an adult, here's an adult that was relearning or learning all of the stuff from the very beginning. Are you feeling overwhelmed? Have any doubts about this homeschooling or unschooling journey? Are you looking for support? Are you considering taking this natural learning path or maybe you're already on it, but you've just kind of come to a standstill, a little bit of burnout, or you're just at a loss at what to do next, overwhelmed with all of these choices and what direction to go? Sometimes maybe you just need a little support or someone to reach out to an inspiration from someone that lives outside of your direct family circle. Well, I get it. I totally do. Over the nine years and counting of taking charge of our own learning journey, my family has been through the highs and the lows, the doubts and uncertainties, the naysayers, and all the paperwork. And I know I started repeating school at home as best as I could until it just didn't work any longer for our family. There were tears from both myself and my kids. There were arguments and standstills, but there were things that working that were working. And as I started to look at what was working, I realized that as I loosened my hold on what I thought learning should be, what it should look like, and I began to trust my children in the process, things began to actually, they began to turn around. So if you're at a similar point, if you're looking for connection, encouragement, a place to more clearly envision your family's natural learning life, your homeschooling and unschooling life, then you've come to the right place. And I'm offering even more support for you, direct support, this fall. Every year, I host a small group masterclass for homeschooling and unschooling parents that are looking to start or redefine their family's home learning journey. This masterclass is intentionally kept small, maximum of 12 people, because I want parents to feel comfortable and safe to share, to ask questions, and to be heard. We meet live over Zoom each week over the course of one month, and at the end of each weekly session, you receive the private recordings, plus I'm in touch with you through the week, as well as having access to additional resources for this class that I've created that will help you along this journey in the month and for the years to come as well. So if you're interested in my Homeschooling with Purpose Masterclass, reach out, DM me, email me, robin, R-O-B-Y-N, at 
I'm homeschooling. That's I-M-H-O-M-E-S-C-H-O-O-L-I-N-G.com. Or go to my website, to my contact page, and reach out to me there. Let me know, and you can get on the wait list. We begin the last Sunday of September. We meet for one month. So if you're interested, DM me, email me, contact me through my website or social media. The wait list is now open and stay tuned for more information to come as well. Tell, like, if you can share a little bit about how this was even developed, like what, yeah. it came from a, a yeah. deep need. There was like a yeah, real, yeah. this, I'm in this situation and yeah. this is what I've learned over the years and this is how and I can apply it for myself as well. Yeah, Just to give also yeah. listeners perspective on this too, right? Yeah, let's go there. Um, I think I before we do, I <laughs> you can always wanna... stop me whenever you need to. We're like, okay, no, no, let's no. just answer this I, first. I just... Hold on one second. <laughs> no, you're so funny. No, I think it's important, maybe though, to address what you said about unschooling and and letting it all go and um, and our respect for that and that the word phonics can be like a scary word. Mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. the word. Sorry, I'm just drinking water as Karina is saying that, but I want to be like, yes, yes, please talk about that. Yes. (laughs) Something about the word phonics, and maybe it is my personal experience because that was a phonics program back then. Something about that word just makes me go like, oh, no, I don't want that. That sounds scary. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? uh, Yeah. and, And that's, and I think that that's something that we need to talk about because phonics is really not, it does not need to be scary at all. And we make it not scary. Ultimately, phonics is learning how to spell and how to make spelling decisions. Spelling. Yes. Spelling spelling. more specifically. Okay. Yeah. Spelling decisions. Um, And our name does us a little bit of a disservice because actually our secret sauce with these motions are building a a foundational skill, which is called phonemic awareness or the ability to hear the smallest sounds. But as we've talked about, in order to make spelling decisions, we have to be able to isolate and hear the right sounds. So we actually, in our four multisensory routines, which these are these are short, okay, four to five minute routines that can be done anywhere at the beach, at the park. You can write B is a bad, bad B in the sand at the beach. You can, you can do these routines anywhere. Um, And we've talked to a lot of world schooling parents and families lately that are just loving that, that feature because they can literally decide my kiddo is ready for this right now. Let's do it right here. I don't need a classroom. Right. Um, I don't need to be sitting so, at the desk with paper. Yeah. In order to right. Do it. It's not. It's not like that. And right. so when you think when you think phonics, you are probably envisioning like worksheets, drills, mm-hmm. desk. Yes. Let's do this. Totally. And that is not what we are. We are movement, laughter, smiles connection, um, and, and really building confidence, confidence and competence to be ready to take on more whenever you're ready to take on more. Um, and so we're teaching phonemic awareness, phonics, AKA spelling, fluency, vocabulary, comprehension, handwriting, writing, all of that 
in these four very efficient routines that never require a child to sit down for a 90-minute structured phonics lesson, mm-hmm. which is what kids are being put through in schools today. Um, and and you don't need that. You don't need that to teach kids how to understand how our language works and how to make decisions. Sure, in some cases, maybe you do. Maybe in some unique cases, kids really need, because of learning needs, they need a very structured process to rely on. And we respect that too. But we believe, of course, we respect that. It's not that we respect that too. We respect that fully. And we also believe that. (laughs) No, but we do. Like if if that need is there, right? Kids have different needs. Yeah. But we believe even if a child needs that very structured process, if their brain needs that, it had better be fun. Mm-hmm. Like if they're going to need to sit there for 90 minutes, it needs to be fun. It needs to be light. And we have got to make it easier on their brain yeah. because yeah. It takes so much processing power, which is a great segue into um, Terry's story, Dr. Kindervader, the founder, aka my mother-in-law, who is (laughs) a remarkable educator. Um, And and she's also a good, I I think she's a good example of, of so many classroom educators who are freaking amazing. And so I I do want to say that with our earlier conversation that there are incredible, remarkable educators. Absolutely. Yeah. In schools that are so dedicated that have to put up with so much stuff that we as parents teaching our kids don't. And they still show up every day and they do their best and they're making decisions to bring phonics in motion into their individual classrooms and just layer it into what they're forced to do. So there, there are so many, and there are also so many wonderful administrators that partner with us that want to change the way kids read and write as yeah, well. I, I, uh, abs- I agree. I work with many. I know many, absolutely. And I can yeah. attest to that as well. Yes. Yeah. But Dr. Kindervader um, started her career working um, with children with extreme hearing impairment. And that is how these motions came about because she decided, you know what? I don't want these kids to rely on sign language and to only be able to communicate with those who know sign language. I want them to be able to communicate with everyone. And so she created motions that look and feel like sign language, but what they are giving the learner, again, is not a concept. It is a physical representation of the sound of each sound. They can feel the sound. So if you could see, well, you can, but if the audience could see <laughs> my mouth right now, they would see that when I do or those motions are mimicking what I am doing to produce that sound. In your mouth, so, right. Right, in my mouth or sometimes on my legs or wherever wherever the motion your, is, you can your feel. Lips, how your lips are right. formed or pursed together uh, with or, the, right? Right, or with ha. Huh, I'm using this motion and I'm going, huh. if you say the huh sound with me, Robin, huh. 
there, there's a lot of tension in your throat, right? Right. Can you feel like, <sighs> yeah, you're the air you're pushing out the pressure. Right. Yeah. And so we'll, when we do this motion, we'll tell kids, pretend there's an elephant on your hand. It's, it's heavy. You don't want them going like this and just flailing their arm out. You want them to perform the motion in a way that truly mimics what you do to produce the sound. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so powerful because it gives them that information. Now, um, Terry's husband worked at the same school and back then spouses weren't allowed to work at the same school. So Terry had to quit and go get a job in um, a mainstream classroom, at which point she realized very early on, oh my gosh, all of my mainstream tier one classroom learners, phonemic awareness is where it starts. The brain has to process sound. This is the building block for every other skill in literacy. And most kids acquire, like you've said, with unschooling, most kids acquire these skills naturally, authentically, right? But I can't tell you how many times now with my two-year-old daughter, Camila, I'm talking with parents with kids in the same age that are sharing like a few sounds that they need help, they need support with. Like my daughter with the word spoon, right now she's saying poon. She can't, she can't do the SP blend. It's a hard sound. So I just pull out the S motion anytime she says spoon or strawberry as we're going around about our authentic normal lives, our normal days. It's not sit down time. It's, oh, spoon. Oh, can you pass me a strawberry? And so I'm using that S motion right now. And I'm focusing just on that one sound to help her speech development. And that's like um, putting your fingers together because in her mouth, right, our right. tongue, like, our like, tongue, right. right, okay, yeah, you can feel that. Right. And she, so, so just is, so the listeners know, I, I, what I'll do is I can share this video on my Patreon, so my, my the Patreon community will be able to see this video, and you'll be able to see Karina's actions that she's sharing as well. Um, and then I'll see how maybe I can get a clip to maybe show an example. But you also have, there's, could they find a YouTube video with any, a demonstration under? Yeah. yeah. And on our website, on the homeschool page, um, there's a form. If you fill it out, then there, you get a free sample lesson and we give you like demonstration motions and you can try it out. We give you a handwriting story and all that. That's phonics emotion slash homeschool, right? Is that the, uh, I think so. Yeah. Phonics emotion.com okay. and you'll see the homeschool tab. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So okay. Continue. Sorry. And, and then it, it really um, developed in her classroom and she had a remarkable administrator principal um, who who saw her scores being so much higher than the other rooms. And she said, I'm getting you a long-term sub. You're going to write this program. I want every teacher in my building using your program that you've developed. So she got her a long-term sub. Again, a, amazing administrators, right? Mm-hmm. Got her a long-term sub and she wrote phonics in motion so that and taught the other teachers how to do it. And boom, the first school is using phonics in motion district wide. Um, and that was decades ago. And um, we have grown organically. We have never to this day 
Um, we haven't marketed or cold called or anything. It's just such a visible thing that one teacher will go to another school and they bring those emotions with them. And then that school wants it. She went on to get her PhD in um, early literacy and curriculum development. And she had been a teacher for a master teacher for decades, but she chose which you and I had talked about, she chose to do her initial study with parents, right? not teachers. Right. And, and, and that's really because, and she just talked about this at the great homeschool convention, I think it was, she talked about why she believes parents are the best teachers. And it's because nobody knows your child like you do. Mm-hmm. And we talked about being a kid watcher earlier and how, we we need to observe our kids and then make decisions that that they are telling us they're ready for and that they want. Right. That study was with mostly inner city fathers in Cleveland, Ohio. And these were 15 to 30 minute sessions. I believe there were only 12 of them. So 12 weeks. So the total time that they spent together was about or a little bit less than one full school day. And the amount in the the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. In 12 sessions, but put the time together one school day. And that was using the motions and the reading and writing monster, using poetry, using authentic language, and teaching the parents, mostly dads, what to do and how to incorporate these strategies in story time and as they go about their day. And the outcomes from the study, they accomplished the learning standards that are typically accomplished in a full school year. Mm -hmm. So less than basically a day of school. Less than a day of school. Yeah. The whole school year. Yeah. Right. So they, they knew their letter names they knew their letter sounds. They knew how to write their letters. All these foundational skills that set kids up to, to be readers and writers, they accomplished in such a short amount of time with real bonding between parents and children. And, and that's because parents know their kids and they know they know when to take it easy and slow it down or when to stop altogether and take a break, whether that break is an hour, a day, a month, whatever you believe as the parent it should be. Mm-hmm. And then they also know when to ante up and when they think they can help support that learning with a little bit more, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more than we did yesterday. So it's those kinds of decisions. Um, and of course, being able to know the norm for your child and and then when things feel maybe a little bit awry what questions to ask and how to figure it out and and we as parents care about doing that investigation right um yeah we do and I, yeah and i think if you've made the decision to homeschool then i mean kudos to you because what an investment what an investment in our children and our future to truly support them and support their learning however learning looks and feels like for your family 
Um, and just to make, to make decisions that are true to you. I think that's so honorable. Um, and we hope, we hope to be a part of that journey for as many families as we can. And to offer that flexibility, like you mentioned in that super long question earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to give a little bit of background and perspective. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think like, like you said, some people want, I mean, almost nothing, right? Maybe they want to learn the routines and learn some motions here and there and use them and integrate it into what they're already doing or just make, make those decisions. And then other people might really appreciate for their family the literacy routines and having that planning and organization done for them, but still having the flexibility to leverage authentic language throughout their day instead of some super scripted program. So it is it is flexible in that way. And it, that is intentional because we believe that needs are different, right? Right. And you you had talked about as well the amount of processing power. And am I mistaken, or did we have another conversation where you had actually talked about the specific, like that you guys know the act, like the timing, or trying to remember? I I forgot about the second part of Terry's story. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. This is like the the yes. That's right. We're we're nearing the end. So forty years of teaching. teaching kids and also teaching thousands of, of educators and families how to teach with phonics in motion. Um, and I was actually trying, looking for a wedding dress in San Francisco when I got the call that Terry uh, in New York City was being rushed in an ambulance to Mount Sinai and she had suffered a stroke, which we came to find out was a massive stroke. So I ditched my girls and got on a plane and flew to Ohio or not Ohio, flew to New York City. Um, And I have footage of this. I mean, it's like, I got to the hospital with my brother-in-law and his now wife and Josh and Lou, Terry's husband, and Terry could not say her own name. She could not talk. She looked at my sister-in-law, whose name is Elise, and she called her Henry. Like, I mean, the it was just, it was so sad and so hard. And here she is, this master teacher with a a lifetime of professional knowledge in developing literacy skills in the brain. And she herself cannot speak, read, or write. Yeah. Her cognitive abilities, of course, are, were all there and are all there, but she couldn't communicate. And so the remediation plan that Um, the hospital prescribed the clinical plan was what we call very siloed. So they're developing like individual skills separately Mm -hmm. and very drill-based, worksheet-based and very, um, when we say drill-based, we mean like try, try, try until you just push through it, until you push through and break the barrier. And that is exhausting. It takes so much processing power when the brain gets tripped up we and and what we do at phonics in motion with the motions and the reason it's multisensory in in this multisensory way is because we want to pro, to to lessen that burden by providing ways around the roadblock not trying to drill through it so let's give the brain 
as many ways to get the information. Imagine feeling sound. That's a novel, a novel idea, a novel way to give the brain that information. And then matching that sound to the letter using motion. These are ways that lighten the burden on the brain and allow you to build those pathways of information. Um, So she was feeling so frustrated and just ultimately she was shutting down. She just, she couldn't muster up the, the physical and mental energy that was required to learn everything all over again. And she ended up hiring Phonics in Motion teachers and her dear friend Sally, who works at Phonics in Motion and her husband Lou. And they ditched the clinical remediation plan entirely and remediated her with Phonics in Motion alone. Um, And she was a speaker, reader, and writer in less than a year. And filmed our our one hour phonics in motion intro training which is a part of um the homeschool product less than a year later and her mri shows from from her stroke shows a language center in her brain that is gone wiped out wow totally gone and so we had to literally reprogram her brain, literally build new pathways in her brain. And most of our students, our children, um, have language centers. They just, if there are special needs, they need a little extra support. Mm -hmm. They need strategies. Mm -hmm. Variants than just the drill and kill. Yeah, exactly. But she had no language center and we were able to to literally reprogram her brain. Um, and one of the wonderful reading and writing researchers in the U.S., Dr. Tim Rosinski, just published a blog article outlining her remediation plan using phonics in motion. Um, and it's just, I think it's such a testament to... Um, what she built and how crazy, how full circle that she has helped so many children and teachers with emotion. And then ultimately and essentially it saved her life. It ended up saving her life because her being able to do what she does is so critical to her life that not being able to do that anymore would have been, I mean, it would have just been absolutely heartbreaking. Phonics in motion and our mission is is who she is. It's what she's been up to her whole life. Um, and Phonics in Motion ended up giving that back to her. Right. Which really full circle. Yeah. 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 That is a, such a powerful story. Absolutely. And um, yeah, thank you for sharing it and telling it because yeah. it really is. And it, you know, gives even more meaning to what what she's created and and what you're building as well. So right. Right. I, I, I know we're at our time and um, I know you and I could probably talk for hours here. So, but I want to be respectful of that as well, but could you, um, you know, as we're closing, and I think actually that was a beautiful way to close it, to tell your mother-in-law story with that. If you, two things, and I'll try and yeah. keep it simple. <laughs> First, if there is, if you could leave a piece of advice for any listeners that are interested in building a foundation for their children to 
that engages their unique learning abilities, um, mm-hmm. what would what would you what advice would you you give? If they're, they're like, my child is a very unique learner, like that kill and drill is just, we're fighting, they're not happy, they feel broken down, they feel like they're not being heard. How do we start over? Do we start over? You know, what mm-hmm. would you suggest? Yeah, I think um, I have so many things to say. How do I choose one? <laughs> I think, honestly, it comes it comes down to having fun. Mm. I think learning should be fun. I also think though that if it's like you're describing where it's not working and it's stressful and painful and there are tears that it's got to be fun, but you also need strategies to help them. Mm. Uh, And, and you need to have both. I think both pieces as far as building confidence, like you mentioned and competence that, We want to give them strategies that make sense to them that are fun. And that's what we're all about. So we, we just, we don't believe in, for example, teaching language rules, hard to remember stressful language rules that make no sense to kids. They don't make sense to kids. And I, I talk to homeschool families pretty frequently that are describing some program and, and the challenges that are arising from it. And I, I tell them like, how do you think that language rule that you just shared with me makes sense? Like for example, silent E or doubling of consonants or what a digraph is, that language doesn't make sense to kids. It makes sense to me because I have like an honorary degree in early literacy now through phonics and motion, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't say like, CH is a digraph. We would say, why does C say a different sound? It doesn't say K, K, K with the motion performed when it's with H. How come? Because Troublemaker H is pulling and pulling C into trouble and they chug, chug, chug right out of town. Why does bike say bike and not bick? We're not going to say there's a silent E in that word. What the heck does that mean? We're going to say that big mouth E hanging out at that end of the word is calling his friend, I, 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 and that's why bike says bike. So I think, I think it comes down to fun um, and, and that connection, which I'm sure you all already are so dedicated to um, and strategies, real strategies that, that kids can rely on even when you're not there. Fun connection and strategies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So the second thing I was going to ask, ask you, where can we connect with you? Where can we learn more about phonics and motion? I know you do have a page specific for homeschoolers as well. Uh, where, where can you direct our listeners to from here? Yeah. Um, so phonicsinmotion.com and there you will find the homeschool page at the top of our menu. Um, And like I said, there's a free lesson there. Um, We, as I shared earlier, um, related to school districts and all of the other programs that are available, we are a family-run business, as you now know, and we really want kids to have the opportunity to learn this way. And so our pricing is, I think, very affordable, and we've made some decisions um, with the true goal of getting this out there to as many kids as we can. For example, our homeschool program 
um, is $14.99 a month if you pay for the year up front or $19.99 a month. If you want to pay monthly, you can cancel anytime. We don't have any of those policies. Mm-hmm. And when you buy it, you get preschool through third grade included, all at that price. You don't have to add on other grades. Right. You can support all of your kids. So if you have kids different ages, yeah. yeah. Yes, with one program. The routines work for kids of multiple ages. And so we made that decision. We could have charged extra, right, for additional grades, but we really want you to have something like this to support all your kids at the same time at at an affordable price. And those skills, again, like phonemic awareness, phonics, fluency, comprehension, vocabulary, all in four, five, 10 minute routines that work for kids of different ages. You You pair this with a library card and you're good to go. <laughs> you don't you don't need to go find and supplement a ton of other programs. And so our hope is that it's very very affordable and usable and helpful. Okay. I love that. It's fantastic. All right. Thank you so much Karina. I Thank really you, appreciate Robin, it. so much uh for allowing us to share our mission with your audience and thank you everyone for listening. Absolutely. And be in touch, Phonics in Motion, be in touch with Karina. Um, yeah, as you can probably tell, she's very approachable. So I know, <laughs> you know she's uh, w- willing to discuss and answer any questions. She oh, was yeah. one of our sponsors at the summit. And actually, she provided within the swag bag some great freebies and downloads as well. So if you were at the summit, you signed up for How to Be an Awesome Homeschooler, you'll recognize Phonics Emotion from that and from your swag bag. If you haven't already checked out your swag bag, then go there <laughs> and tap on I know, totally. Yeah, I love yeah. that. We were um, sponsoring Karen Ricks and she did the cooking cooking yeah. class. I, Play with your food. Is, yeah, amazing. It's a perfect time to develop literacy skills. Oh, yes. yeah. it's, it's a great example of anywhere in your day you can be leveraging these motions, skywriting letters in the air, mm-hmm. talking about pizza and pepperoni and doing the motion for playing the with the dough. And yeah, yes. absolutely. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere. So thank you. And my email address is Karina at phonicsinmotion.com, C A R I N A. Can I put that in the show notes or do you want me just to leave that on? No, you can put it in there. Okay. Um, but we love um, if anyone has questions. Um, feel free to reach out to me directly and or any feedback. So thanks again for listening. Fantastic. And I will put Phonics in Motion in the show notes, the links and Karina's email as well. <laughs> okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com.